Hello, everybody. A few months ago, when I was still a graduate student in political science at the University of Toronto, I gave this talk, Right Heideggerianism and Jewish Thought, and I thought that I would um, represent it again for you today. The basic theme is the application of a reading of Heidegger from the right to Jewish political theory as a resource. Here's Martin Heidegger. He was born in 1889 and died in 1976. His best-known work is the 1927 book Being in Time, but he's also renowned for his lectures on Kant, Nietzsche, and other philosophers. His thought has exerted a dominant influence on all fields in the humanities and social sciences. In my field of political theory, it's almost impossible to think about the relevant alternatives without regarding each of them as responding in some way to Heidegger's philosophical challenge. Heidegger was not only the most outstanding philosopher of his era, infamously, he was also a high-profile Nazi. His Nazism became a scandal among French Heideggerians in the 1980s with the publication of Victor Farias's Heidegger and Nazism. Other key accusatory works against Heidegger include Emmanuel Faye's Heidegger, The Introduction of Nazism into Philosophy, and more recently, Peter Trani's Heidegger and the Myth of a Jewish World Conspiracy, to which we can add also Ronald Beener's recent work on Heidegger, Nietzsche, and the rise of the far right. Heidegger's Nazism ought presumably to be a big problem for any thinkers attracted to his thought, the more so when, as is often argued, his Nazism seems in some important respects to be supported by his philosophy. The two are not totally independent. Yet, as it happens, many Jewish thinkers have been attracted to Heidegger's thought, despite his Nazism. Arendt, Strauss, Jonas, and Levinas are just some among Heidegger's Jewish followers. There are grounds for the kinship between Jewish thought and Heideggerian thought. Reviewing Marlene Zarader's book, The Unthought Dead, Heidegger and the Hebraic Heritage, Michael Fagenblatt writes the following, In what sense does Heidegger covertly or inadvertently Judaize philosophy? His idea that time is not a homogeneous sequence of nows, but is instead tensed toward an unforeseeable event? The idea is curiously Hebraic. Likewise, his ideas that words are not merely signs, but bear the presence of things themselves. That thinking is not foremost logic and representation, but thanking and memory. That truth is not correspondence, but revelation and concealment. That poetry is best understood as prophecy and prayer. And that thought is saturated with interpretation, so that philosophy itself is an endless hermeneutic or midrash. That's a quote from the scholar showing that many key themes in Heidegger's thought bear a resemblance to key themes in Jewish thought, making the sympathies of Jewish thinkers toward Heidegger understandable, his Nazism notwithstanding. One of Heidegger's main claims is that the history of Western philosophy, from the pre-Socratics to Nietzsche, constitutes a whole, which he calls the first beginning, or metaphysics. In other words, metaphysics is another name that he gives to the history of philosophy from the pre-Socratics to Nietzsche. Sometimes he just calls it philosophy. In each stage of the first beginning, the original revelation of being becomes dimmer and dimmer. 
Man forgets being, and being abandons man. This process is something like being's own eschatological drama, which can't help but implicate the thinker and humanity. Being itself withdraws from humanity over the course of the first beginning, according to Heidegger. In his middle period writing, like in such works as Contributions to Philosophy of the Event, for example, Heidegger begins to talk about another beginning, another inception of philosophy, one that is no longer inscribed in the history of the first beginning, in the forgetting of being, in metaphysics, or in machination, as he also sometimes calls it. By reflecting on the sense that the first beginning has come to an end, by starting to pay attention to the transformation or overcoming of the first beginning in another beginning, and by leaping into the other beginning, something like a new dispensation of being can be grounded by future philosophers, Heidegger argues. And what you see on this slide are some of the key moments of that reflection on and transition reflection on the first beginning and transition into another beginning as delineated in the work um, Contributions to Philosophy of the Event. Now, what I want to point out is that while some Jewish philosophers have benefited from Heidegger's reflections on the first beginning and on the end of the first beginning, in other words, on philosophy from the pre-Socratics to Nietzsche, few have followed him in the leap toward another beginning, fearing that the categories of inceptual thought his, his view of philosophy as beginning again, are fascistic and somehow inherently lead to Nazism and therefore to anti-Semitism as well. Yet there are plausible grounds for thinking about the positive political significance of inceptual thought for Jewish thought. As Fackenblatt indicates in his review and independently in his essays on the topic, I mean in the comments that I read a few slides ago, there's an undeniable proximity between strains of Jewish thought and Heidegger's account of the political. Let's call right Heideggerianism that approach to Heidegger that does not shy away from a positive interpretation of the political possibilities of his inceptual thought, in other words, of his notion of there being a new dispensation of being or another beginning of philosophy. The opposite to the inceptual is the merely deconstructive, that means those people who only focus on the end of metaphysics, on the end of philosophy, on the deconstruction of all of the classical concepts. While there are many Jews who have made use of deconstructive political philosophy for other purposes, for example, because they think it supports an ethic of openness. If they can always show that a concept which keeps somebody out can be deconstructed so that it lets everything back in again, you see how that can support an ethic of openness. Imagine then that we wish to explore the isomorphy between certain strands of Jewish thought and Heidegger's inceptual thought. The problem, as you see on this slide, is that so few political theorists and political philosophers have explored the political significance of Heidegger's philosophy of another beginning. Most have assumed that his inceptual categories correspond to reactionary, fascistic, nazistic political ideas and practices. But, 
There's one political philosopher who has thrown himself into Heidegger's account of another beginning to try to make explicit Heidegger's implicit political philosophy and to develop it in new directions. Alexander Dugan. He was a professor in the Department of Sociology at Moscow State University for six years, where he taught courses on political philosophy, geopolitics, the sociology of gender, the sociology of the imagination, and many other topics. There, he was also the founder of the Center for Conservative Studies. He was fired for comments he made concerning the war in East Ukraine. Uh, Dugan is a complicated figure. On one hand, he's sometimes expressed unusual, objectionable opinions about politics, and even more specifically, for the purposes of this presentation, about politics that might concern Jewish people and Zionists. Um, for instance, he is met with and lectured with uh, Imran Nazar Hossein, an Islamic scholar and eschatologist, uh, in whose account of the end of days you couldn't say Jews fare particularly well. Um, here's Dugan on Alex Jones's Infowars. Whatever his views on Jews in Israel might be, and actually he's often seen as a Zionist himself, Jones is typically regarded by the mainstream as outside the orbit of the tolerable mainstream in, in most senses. And many people might regard Dugan as a loon in a guilt-by-association logic for appearing on the show. Uh, presumably, I mean, common opinion might have it that the people who appear on that show are not serious people and should not be taken seriously, except in as much as they're taken as seriously deranged and dangerous. That's not my view, but that's a common view that might seek to discredit him from having any place at the table. Um, but Dugan has had some serious interlocutors too. Here are Dugan, Fukuyama, and Bulgarian political scientist Ivan Krastev on TVO, a um, television um, station in Canada, early 2015. Many years before this interview, Dugan had interviewed Fukuyama independently. He's also interviewed Brzezinski, for instance. And you know there are some well-educated political scientists who work on Dugan without just being interested in denouncing him, I include myself, and I get letters all the time from academics around the world who uh, are thankful that I cleared the path for them to do the same. So, But things are um, not so simple. Dugan sometimes appears in strange company or in strange locations <clears throat> or expresses himself strangely and provocatively, but as I have already said, he did, after all, teach for six years at university and the writings he produced during that time, as well as before and since, do not at all, in my opinion, merit quick dismissal and derision. Sorry, I jumped ahead of slide there. Most relevant for our purposes, um, <clears throat> Dugan has written four books on Heidegger, one of which has been translated into English. So here's the point. If Heidegger is a key figure for political theory as such, and if he has exerted such an influence on leftists through what we can call the Heideggerianization of the left, it is equally important to understand the possibilities of right Heideggerianism in political theory. 
And the main representative of such political theory today, and perhaps to date, is Dugan. Here's, um, here's the cover for the English version of Dugan's first Heidegger book, Martin Heidegger, The Philosophy of Another Beginning. As you can see from the title, the idea of another beginning or another inception of philosophy is right at center stage for Dugan from the start. Here is a collection um, called Heidegger in Russia and Eastern Europe. And I translated an essay for this collection by Dugan on Dasein politics or plural anthropology, which is one of his contributions to an extended Heideggerianism that I think might be useful for experimental Jewish thought. Of course, it's interesting on its own and important on its own as well. Here are the English and Russian versions of his book called The Fourth Political Theory, which I helped to translate. You can see from the Russian cover that the fourth political theory is meant to stand opposed to liberalism, that's the dollar sign, communism, and fascism. And the question mark signifies not only that the fourth political theory is a question, but also that it's based on the radical question of the meaning of being posed by Heidegger. Let me explain what this slide means. Zionism and the fourth political theory as an experimental Jewish right Heideggerianism. In the description of this video, there will be a link to a paper on that topic if you want to see how I've tried to develop it in more detail. <clears throat> this slide shows the application of the fourth political theory to Zionism. I mean, sorry, the paper shows the application of the fourth political theory to Zionism as an experiment, which would mean the application of the articulated structure of Dugan's theory, whose components are, as Dugan says in one place, geopolitics, ethnosociology, theology, or traditionalism, you might also say, and Heidegger as the deepest foundation. You may be interested to hear that Dugan once called Gershom Scholem the greatest traditionalist, but we can leave that to the side for now. I suggest in the paper that I'll be linking to that it could be an interesting experiment to apply the ideological structures of the fourth political theory, which are pretty well elaborated in Dugan's voluminous output, to various facets of Jewish thought, and specifically to Jewish political thought, or Zionism. I've translated Dugan's textbook on ethnosociology. Um, the first publication of that translation has already been put out by Arctos as Ethnos and Society. And I think that book could prove helpful for enriching the vocabulary of Jewish political thought. Again, not only for that purpose, but this presentation is about whether or not right Heideggerianism has any relevance to Jewish political thought. I don't argue that it's only of relevance to Jewish political thought. The main experiment, as the title of my talk indicates, is the extension of right Heideggerianism or Heidegger's inceptual thought to Jewish thought, an experiment for which we would need Dugan as the primary source for right Heideggerianism. Again, just to draw the distinction again, left Heideggerianism is those people who agree with Heidegger that the history of philosophy has come to an end, that all traditional concepts have been deconstructed that we've now reached a point where we have more openness uh, than closedness when it comes to these conceptual structures. 
And right Heideggerianism is that part of Heidegger's writings that are often um, ignored as politically problematic that draw out the idea of a new inception of being, a new dispensation, another beginning. Those are works like um, Contributions to Philosophy of the Event, for example. So to extend right Heideggerianism through Dugan for Jewish thought does not mean that we must accept every proposition or that we must shrug our shoulders when we're led into positions that are incompatible with the fundamental principles of Jewish political thought. Um, but it does mean that in as much as other ideologies have been sometimes profitably and sometimes problematically used to elaborate or even to describe facets of Jewish political thought. So for example, there are many thinkers who apply liberalism to, to Jewish political thought or aspects of social democratic thought, or as I've already said, postmodern left Heideggerianism. So we should at least be open to the prospect of continuing such ideological analysis only this time on the basis of an ideology that claims to be distinct from liberalism, communism, and fascism, and that has plausible philosophical grounds for its claims. I try to sketch out the basic contours of that experimental understanding in the document that I'll be linking to below, and I hope to have provided you a bit of a background introduction into that paper with these remarks. So thank you for your time and attention. Um, and those of you who have an interest in these topics, you should know that this is just one of many videos I hope to make uh, in the near future about this range of topics, sometimes about Jewish political thought, very much about Dugan independently of Jewish political thought, aspects of his geopolitics, of his ethnosociological doctrines, of his traditionalism, and especially of his uh, Heideggerianism, that part of his thought with which I'm best acquainted so I hope that you enjoyed this video and the videos that are to come. Please feel free to leave a comment below, subscribe if you like what you've seen, and let me know if there's anything else that you might like me to cover.